0: With everyone, Chaydish Ada. Continue, we left off, chapter uh, 4, Nazir. The Gemurrah on the bottom of page 28b, third line from the bottom. It says in the Mishnah, Ishi'in, Amalishalay, the man could obligate his son to the Zidus, but the mother can't. The father could, the mother can't. My time, what's the reasoning? we know this from Rabbi Kham. Rabbi says yeah, there's no source for this in the Torah but it's Allah Masha we receive this, Masha received it from Sinai directly from Hashem. And a father could, do, could, uh, propose, could make the nazidas for a son, could declare the nazidas for his son, but the mother can't. For his minor son, but the mother can't. Rabbi wah, says, we continue on twenty-nine a it's only rabbinic thing is rabbinic. There's no biblical source for it and it's not Allah The rabbi said that in order to train the son So therefore, since a training, the obligation of training is on the father you want to train your son not to be a glutton self-control impulse control you know so therefore, the rabbi said that the father could um, the clear and the Zidus for his son for his minor son the question is the sacrifice so firstly then why, why why, not only the father why not the mother who is responsible for educating the child, its children, the mitzvah it's the father not the mother so therefore since she's not obligated to train him, her son. And Rabbi disagrees because Rabbi holds that the mother is obligated, her son's education, just like the father. And therefore, how could you make it why would you make a distinction? If this would be the reason there would be no distinction between the father and the mother. So that's why he says it's biblical. Allah Messina. <speaking in Hebrew> Now the Gemara says it makes sense why the father can only declare it is for his son, not for his daughter. If, if the reason is for education, the father has an obligation to educate his daughter as well. The Gemara answers: holds when there is no obligation to educate the daughter. The mother says, it's Allah Mashina, that's it's only Naziris. But regular Narim, no. The father can't make an oath, impose an oath on his son. But a naziris is a special Allah al-Mashin. Al according to the is that the reason is rabbinic, and the reason is because of education. What, what kind of vow it is? It's to teach your son impulse control. Your mother says, me, You're right, let me boy come. Me boy. Not only in the daughter, which is all about impulse control. Surely the father could impose it on, on his son. <laughs> in the in Nival, even in Zitus, which causes the son the deprivation. He can't drink wine, he can't cut hair, really interferes with his life. So therefore. case of a net that he can say that if, if you don't eat if you don't eat if you don't do the sin then you, you won't be deprived. So you can listen to his father you won't be deprived. But here Naziris automatically brings deprivation wine and hair cutting contaminating the dead I, feel, so I would think maybe here the father can't impose it on the son nevertheless father's obligated to train the son that's why it says in the <Hebrew> Mishnah, that's why they can protest. He, the son can protest, the relatives can protest, <laughs> because this is part of Allah. <speaking in Hebrew> the same Allah that taught us that a father could impose. On the son, the same Allah says that the son could could reject it, could, could. and uh, and uh, the, the relatives. question is when well, the father is alive, or maybe after the father died. When they hear about it, they can reject it. If it's an obligation of chinuch, obligation to educate the child, could they say no? We don't want you to educate your child. How could they how could they protest? Oh, any, any education which does not meet the approval, it doesn't have no significance, it doesn't meet the approval of the relatives. they don't they're not happy with it. It's not good for the child. The child will be ashamed if it's an embarrass if it's an embarrassment. If it's an education that everyone looks up to, oh, ah, yeah. this is wonderful, a wonderful quality, then he'll, he'll, uh, he he'll wants to be educated. But if all his relatives look down at it and think it's a terrible thing, he'll be embarrassed, so he won't take to it. He'll, he'll violate it, he won't, he won't keep to it. It's embarrassing. <speaking in foreign language> <speaking in foreign language> who says it's a al- lot of the Meshach Messina? That's where the child can shave his head. But with that coffin, you violated the prohibition of cutting off the pace. You cut off, you shave the entire head, there's no pace, which is a biblical prohibition. But it's al- l- he's a He's a genuine Nazir, and that's what the Taita. Requires of a nazir, he's not violating anything. That's what the Taita tells you. <laughs> this is only done in order to educate him. <laughs> what are you, how are you educating him by violating a prohibition, a biblical prohibition, getting rid of the payas? Yes, he's a minor, but, but it, it's it defeats the purpose. You're trying to educate him, impulse control, to do the mitzvahs, which requires a lot of impulse control, and then you're educating him by by, by removing his pace. Oh. Purpose is just to educate him. The rabbis wouldn't say it's so... Teach them impulse control, but tell them not to shave at the end. Why would the rabbis for, tell you to go ahead and violate? But answer: that shaving the entire head is only rabbinic. The prohibition against shaving the edges of your hair. Is that if you have it biblically? It means if you have here, so you can't have your here like all around on the same level, you have to have jutting out, you have to have sideburns. You can't just have a haircut, just a round haircut with no sideburns. But there's no, but if I shave my head totally, if I'm getting a zero haircut and I'm shaving my head, there's no probate, you don't need any sideburns biblically. Rabbinically, the rabbi said, No, if you get a zero haircut then you still need these sideburns. So since it's only rabbinic. And also the obligation to train your son is also rabbinic. So one one rabbinic overrides the other. To, to educate your child takes precedence over not not shaving your head entirely. So the rabbi say You can shave. That's why when he shaves his head, when he concludes his term of Naziris, he brings a sacrifice. Because he's a genuine Nazir. And he has to bring a sacrifice. The father pays for it, but he has to bring a sacrifice the whole purpose is the mitzvah. it's only rabbinic how you allowed to bring three sacrifices a, 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 a lamb, a, a male lamb a female lamb a sin offering, a burnt offering and, and a ram, a peace offering yeah, yeah. it's chulen lazari you're not allowed to bring a regular animal unconsecrated animal to lazari he's not obligated to the yeah, He you can't bring a I think the holds, I see answers and it's not it's not biblical. Biblically, there's no problem with slaughtering an animal in the base of Migdash, an unconsecrated animal. It's only rabbinically prohibited. So again, since it's only rabbinically prohibited, and here the rabbi said you should educate your child, so that's why one rabbinic overrides the other rabbinic. Three aspects of this prohibition. A, you're not allowed to even enter. You're not allowed to even bring in the, um, the, the unconsecrated animal into the temple. Even if you don't slaughter it, just bringing it in is prohibited. Then you have the prohibition to slaughter it. Then you have the prohibition, you're not allowed to, and you're not allowed to sprink, slaughter it and sprinkle it on the altar. Then you're not allowed to eat from it. Mm-hmm. And here we do all three. You bring the animals... You slaughter it, you offer it on the altar, and then you eat from it. You eat from the sin offering, you eat from the peace offering. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the problem it really is only the sin offering. Because the other two you can say, in your mind you can think, I'm offering it as a voluntary, personal voluntary sacrifice. I can bring a personal voluntary burnt offering, I can bring a personal voluntary peace offering, a but I can't bring a chatas. No. Can't bring a chathos. No. So the says, holds that the whole prohibition of bringing unconsecrated animals into the temple is only rabbinic, and even eating unconsecrated animals that have been slaughtered, the whole thing is rabbinic. Not bringing it in, not slaughtering it, and offering it on the altar, not eating from it. The whole thing is only rabbinic. So therefore, the rabbis say the mitzvah, the rabbinic mitzvah of educating your son, takes precedence, overrides the rabbinic prohibition of." Uh, unconsecrated, bringing an unconsecrated animal into the temple, offering an unconsecrated, eating from an unconsecrated animal into the temple. According to the that the son is a genuine nazi, the father has the right to the clear him as a nazi. Therefore, if he becomes tame, he forfeits. He has to start all over again. He has to bring all the birds. And you do malika, and the Kayan eats from the bird, the bird that's a sin offering. You eat from it, even though it's malika, it's not a kosher shechita. But because it's biblically required, therefore it is a kosher shechita. How could the kohen eat from that bird, that sin offering? He did malika; he cut it open with his with his nail. That's not a kosher shechita. And since it's biblically not required. It should be in the veil, so therefore how could the coin eat from it? So you made <speaking in Hebrew> the that biblically birds don't require any shrikita. Any method of, of severing the esophagus or the windpipe is acceptable. So Malik is a valid form of shaita. According to, according to biblical law, even for non sacrificial birds. So, therefore, the whole prohibition is only rabbinic. So, again, the rabbinic mitzvah of educating your child, teaching him in, impulse control, your son, takes precedence over the rabbinic prohibition of not doing malika on the bird. And I hold a chul their and he also holds that bringing chul nazar is not biblical. of does Rabbi Yehuda, really hold like that? That biblically, I can do malika to any bird, even a non-consecrated bird. But Tanya, we learn about beraita. Rabbi Yisir, Yehuda, him minayin. How do we know the Or if if you bring a bird, if you bring a bird offering, but it was a doubt. Let's say, for example, in the case of a zava. Or a woman had been given birth, and we're not sure if she gave birth to a viable child or not. So she has to bring a dove, or a or a turtle dove as a chatos. So how could you bring it if you're in doubt? So you say you're allowed to bring it, but you're not allowed to eat from it. Why? Because if she's not obligated, then it's malika. Malika is not a kosher shechita unless you're obligated. So he says, This is the law regarding a person, whether male or female, who omits a discharge. So is So the table juxtaposes A female with a male just like a male brings an offering an animal chat for definite transgression a female brings an offering an animal chat only for definite transgression we're talking about a regular sin offering not, not a bird offering if you know that you unintentionally sin you have to bring you don't need a special teaching. We know when it comes to prohibitions, there's no distinction between male and female whatsoever. <laughs> so anything that he's obligated to, if you violated the sin, unintentionally, you have to bring a sin offering, he would also be obligated. But then the B'raisa continues, and that's, that's the crux of what he's trying to say. Mazach, or maybe Alasach, just like a male brings an offering for doubtful transgressions called an Asham Talui cave, So a female also brings a sin offering if, if she, when she's in doubt. If a person is not even sure that he sinned, he has to bring an ashram tolu, a guilt offering. So the tater, so the, so the bribes, is making a comparison that the same is true with a woman. For example, she gave birth, or she was a zava, but we're in doubt, we're not 100% sure, so we say that she also brings it even in a state. even if you're not sure, you have to bring, bring the sacraments.zo <coughs> or, from maybe. The same type of animal which he brings for definite transgression, a sin offering. The same type of animal he brings for the guilt offering, Ashamtolu, not a bird, an animal. Afne cave, so too in the case of a female, the same type of animal which she brings for a definite situation. She brings for an uncertain situation. Meaning that just like in a definite, she brings a bird, so too when in doubt, she also brings a bird. The continues in or maybe You would think that a zohar Brings a sacrifice, and the sacrifice is eaten from. Let's say if it's uncertain, Ashram Tolly, the Kohen eats from the Ashram Tolly, just like he eats from the sin offering. you would think the the female, when she's in doubt, brings a sin offering, a, a pigeon or a turtle dope, and you, the Kohen eats from it. you will say, you will say, we continue inside. Be Lord No. No, we don't say it's not true. She doesn't. Eat. The kohen won't eat from it if the bird is brought in doubt. In the case of a male, by the oshem Tolu, you know why it's eaten because there's only one doubtful prohibition. Let's say if he didn't if he didn't commit any sin, so then he's bringing an unconsecrated animal. So that's one doubt. That's it. One prohibition in the, case of in the cave. If she's not, if the child is not viable, or if it's not, she's not a zava. Then there's two sins involved. A, she's bringing an unconsecrated the bird, pigeon the turtle dove into the temple, and B, it was malika. It wasn't the proper shita. The kohen is eating something that's uh, that's nevelah. He's not allowed to eat. I shnei yisurin, la'av yisra nevela. What does Yisri ben Yehuda mean? (coughs) Uh, And what does Rabbi Yisri ben Yehuda mean? Surely he means yisra nevela. Bechulem ba'azadah. The two prohibitions is that it was Melika, so it wasn't a kosher shechita. And Bechulem ba'azadah, she's not uh, uh, obligated, then she's bringing an unconsecrated bird into the temple. So we see, so how could you say that Rabbi Yesi, Rabbi Huda holds that Malika is kosher? Even an unconsecrated bird, biblically, he says clearly, no, it's prohibited. So he <laughs> but the answer is, challenge this understanding of the B'raisa, and he says, with perhaps, Maybe a kayan is liable for eating a bird chatas because, in case of a doubt, it appears as if he is violating two rabbinic prohibitions. (laughs) In other words, even if you're going to say, really you're going to say that bringing an unconsecrated animal or bird in the temple is only rabbinic. And doing melika on a bird, an unconsecrated bird, is only rabbinically probi- prohibited. But nevertheless, that's enough reason enough to ban of eating of the bird when you're in doubt, because it looks because you're violating two rabbinic prohibitions. So the rabbis say, don't eat from the bird. Which are the two? That you're bringing an unconsecrated animal to the base of Mikdush and you're offering uh, your it, and Malika, and Malika, was and Malika slaughtered wasn't slaughtered it. properly, exactly. Let's say, let's say this argument in Abyechanan and Nishlaki is whether the father could impose Nezidus on his son or not is biblical or rabbinic. Let's say it's an argument of Tanoi. We learn in and Mosai... Until when can a father impose an on a son? Till what age? Only when he's a minor. Until when? Actually, decided. Until he becomes mature. Till he grows. Two pubic years. Until he reaches the age of vows, which is 12 years old, a year before he reaches puberty my love, surely what, what are they arguing about? There be holes that the right for the father to impose in the and the son Allah has a biblical force. Even though the son already reached the age of vows, we can make his own vows. Madele of Ozal actually says that the father can still impose on the zidas and his son until he reaches puberty. But since it's halacha l'meishem misinai, he's still under his father's jurisdiction. So the halacha l'meishem applies until he reaches puberty. But Abiyesu, whatever the Damerachigilans, <laughs> whatever argues and says, no, only till the age of twelve the purpose, the reason why the, it's only rabbinic, in order to educate even the nafek once the age of vows he leaves his father's jurisdiction with respect to vows so then the father's no longer obligated to train him in this regard in this regard he's already considered an adult vows. He's smart yep. enough to- the mother says Amri, no, they said like no the argument between Rabbi and Rabbi Yitzhak is not the argument of Rabbi Yechon and Rishlok. Really, I'll tell you, everyone agrees. Both Rabbi and Rabbi Yechon Salah al-Mashon is inayin. V'hocha They're arguing. What's the status of someone who ordered a vow who's on the verge of adult? Rabbi Debbie beats hold really a vow uttered by someone who's close to puberty and understands what a vow is. And we say that the vow is valid, it's only rabbinic. And therefore the father and the father imposes a vow that's biblical. So you can't say, well, he's on his own now. No, he's only on his own rabbinically. Biblically he's still a minor, even when it comes to vows. And the Torah says that a father could impose uh, naziras on his minor child son. No, it's biblical. The Torah. This is unlike any other mitzvah. All other mitzvahs, you don't become obligated till you become thirteen. When it comes to Nadarim, the Torah says something special. That a child, a son, at the age of four, at the age of twelve, when he's close to maturity, he can already he has the power to make a another. To make another to make vows, and he can consecrate animals and sacrifices. He has the power. Amazing, amazing thing. So therefore, since biblically, when it comes to vows, he's on his own. So therefore, it doesn't apply once he reaches that stage. He by same, or if you want to give you another answer, the exact opposite. The Kulalma, cool Rish will tell you that everyone, both the the whole, that it's only rabbinic, the Ilhan Him and Biblically, the father can't impose Naziris on the son, the whole thing is only rabbinic, in order to educate his son to teach him impulse control. And everyone holds that this whole idea that a 12 year old boy, an 11 year old girl, a year before they reach puberty, maturity have the power to make a vow it's only rabbinic not biblical so what are they arguing that the obligation to educate your son overrides the rabbinic the rabbinic edict that says that the son is on his own he can already start making his own vow since the rabbis say when it comes to vows, the son can make his own vow a year before maturity. So therefore, the rabbi, the same rabbis who said that the father is responsible to educate his, his son to keep vows, impulse control, said in this case the son is on his own. He's no longer obligated. It's no longer on the father. Now the son is on his own. So therefore, he holds that that uh, he can't impose the naziris only up until the age of twelve. The Gemara says, shall we say that this argument?" between Rebbe and Rabbi Yaiti, the son of Rabbi Yehudah, the same argument of these other tanoi. It once happened with Rabbi Hanina. It was an actual episode. She did it of Nazar. His father declared him Nazar when he was a minor. And brought him the same day before Ram Gamliel. Behe Checked him later. Maybe suddenly He checked. He took him to the and check. Did he already bring two hairs or not? Is he really a mature adult or not? Abiyasi amen, Abiyasi has a different version of what happened. He says, he checked him later to know in love to know whether he reached the age of vows. Because in addition, in addition to being 12, you also have to. It's only if the if the child, if the minor understands what a vow is and understands the responsibility and the implication of a vow. So when do you say that a girl, the age of 11, one year before the bas mitzvah, one year before the bar mitzvah, before they reach maturity, before they reach puberty, the vows are effective? You have to check them. It's only if they're they're not feeble minded. They understand the reality of a vow. How important the vow is. How important to keep it, is it. Not not to violate. It. So that's what he was checking. Therefore, this argument is clearly this is the same argument. The first version of what happened with Rabbi Hanina that he checked to see if he had puberty follows the opinion of Rabbi that he could the father can impose <coughs> naziris till the age till the till he gets two pubic years. and Rabbi Yesu, and the second version said no he checked Rabbi Hanina. That Ram Magamliel check Rabbi Hanina to see if he understands. It was between the age of twelve and thirteen to check if he understands what a vow is. That follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi could only, the father could only on the impose and nazira. It's only up until the point that the son can make his own vows. So Rabbi Hanina said that the Gamliel, that be al'sistay l'beit keny, that please don't bother yourself to check. Either way, I'm a Nazar. If I'm a minor, then my father already imposed upon me in Aziz. But if it turns out I'm, I'm old enough, I'm an adult, then I take it upon myself. So either way, you don't have to check me. Don't take me to the mikveh. Don't pull my pants down. I'll, I'll tell you right now. It's okay. Whatever. Either way, I'm a Nazar. If I'm a minor, then my father already imposed it upon me and I accept it. If not... I'll, I, I declare that if I'm an adult, I'm declaring that I'm a Nazir. Or according to the other second version, if I'm at the age before maturity, if I'm the age that I could impose a vow, So I'm imposing upon myself the vow. I'm I'm stood up, and he kissed him in his head, and he said, Allah, I'm guarantee. I'm confident, certain that this person will be a Allahic decision maker amongst Jews. Rabbi Yisrael didn't take a long time, didn't take a very short time. He became a decision maker. Rabbi Hanina, till this day, you know Rabbi Hanina. He according to Rabbi That the father can impose it until he reaches the mind the that's what he says if I'm a minor. I will be a Nazar because of my father's, my father declared me a Nazar. He says till he brings two pubic ears. So what does he mean? If I'm an adult, I will be a Nazar myself. It doesn't help with being an adult. If he didn't bring two pubic ears, even if he's bar mitzvah, if he's 13, Even if he's an adult, the father can still oppose Nezitizen. He's questioning Rabbi Hanina. They thought the language of Rabbi Hanina is, if I'm a minor, meaning I didn't yet reach the age, I can make a nether. And if I did reach the age I can make a nether, then I'm making a nether. So this follows the opinion of Rabbi Esi Rabbi Huda, not Rabbi, who says that the father can oppose up until he reaches puberty. According to Debbie, What do you mean? He still belongs to the father. The father could impose on his is up until he reaches. he gets the two pubic hairs. And rather though, but he says a habish will ab. A habish will at me. Not am he says if I have not yet grown two pubic hairs, I will be another in account of naziris imposed by my father, and if I already did grow two hairs, I will be another in my own account. Uh, either way, he said, I'm going to be another. <laughs> it don't matter which way to, which way coin lands. Right. right? So, so when know, he says when another. he says minor or, or adult, he doesn't mean in relation to naziris. He no. means minor and adult literally. I have pubic hair yet, yeah, or I not? I reach maturity enough. <laughs> Had already grown two pubic years before his father imposed on him. So then he observed his own naziris. Yeah. So that Yeah. So means he observed his own naziris. And if he didn't grow two pubic years after the end of the term, Then he's 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 keeping his father's nazarus. in the middle of the term. So Rabbi who says their father has a right to impose nazarus until the son reaches the age of vows. Then it's okay. According to Debbie, who says that the father could impose in his until the son grows too pubic hair. Since Abba Hanina could have reached adulthood. Mm-hmm. According to Rabbi Yehuda, which he means minor. If I'm a minor, he means if I didn't yet reach the age, I can make a nether. I'm under the age of 12 or I'm after the age, or the, either way, so I'm good, I'm covered. Doesn't matter when he reaches puberty, but according to that, that means literally reaches puberty. So we have a problem, because what if he reaches puberty right in the middle? So his father's naziris no longer applies to him, he's no longer a minor. His naziris, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't yet do a full term of naziris, he would have to start a full term of naziris. He took upon himself He's taking upon himself as an adult, as a mature adult. So from that point on, the moment he gets two pubic ears, he has to count 30 days. So how could he bring a sacrifice? He's just counting 130 days. If he got to here before, if he got the here after the 30 days, then fine. If he gets to here after 30 days, he's covered by his father. So he, he, he came. He did a full term of Nazidas. If he got to here before the 30 days, he did a full term of Nazidas. He took it upon himself. What if he gets it right in the middle of the 13 days? So he doesn't have the full term of his father. He doesn't have his own full term. His father's term comes to an end in the middle. That's gone. <laughs> and he took upon himself, but he's just counting 15 days, and then he's bringing sacrifices. Amri, they said, You're right. According to the Rabbi, when the son said, I'm going to take upon myself, if I follow my father, fine. If not, I'm going to take upon myself. You're right. He has to count 60 days. Because if he if he doesn't get here, if he gets here somewhere in the middle, so if he gets here, so he covered his thirty. If he is thirty days before he gets here, then he's covered by the term of Nizilis of his father. If he gets here before the by the by thirty before thirty days, so then he has thirty days of his own, and so either way he's covered to be continued. The Mishnah tomorrow. Everyone have a good chiddush.